Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day. But even that short time gets us into God's Word. And that's important because, first, our faith is dependent upon our continuing to study and learn and grow in our knowledge of God's Word, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God our spiritual lives, and thereby helps keep us with a more positive and spiritual focus in life in general to be better able to deal with whatever life throws at us each day. Well, you know people in your life who need to change their lives, their focus, their direction, don't you? Share these short studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody get to heaven. Won't that be a great blessing for them? Absolutely. But it will also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing these short studies with them today and every day and with everybody you can. Make that commitment. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study at this time. We're going to talk about some questions, some questions that gauge our spiritual temperature. If you're a fan of literature, especially classic literature, well, you will know about A Tale of Two Cities. It begins, and we can understand this as perhaps being the best-selling novel of all times. It begins... It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. Charles Dickens wrote these opening words to that novel, A Tale of Two Cities, a novel that was set in London and Paris before and during the French Revolution. Charles Dickens wrote this novel in 1859. Rather amazing, isn't it, that it has maintained its popularity for all of these years? All of these years, 160 years and more. Christians, though, and this is the point that we want to get from just referring to that particular opening in that novel, it talks about a a time in which people were experiencing two divergent realities, if you want to think of them as, as uh, uh, in the spectrum of life, opposite ends of the spectrum. The best of times, the worst of times. The age of wisdom, the age of foolishness. The epic of belief, the epic of incredulity. The season of light, the season of darkness. Well, many of us live in two realities, don't we? through much of our lives, through many days in our lives. We live in one reality and one set of circumstances or in one setting, and we live in a different reality in a different set of circumstances or a different setting. Christians, Christians are living in a tale of two cities. Those two cities we could understand from a descriptive or illustrative way as being Jerusalem and Babylon. Jerusalem. Well, what am I talking about? In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 22, the Hebrews writer wrote this about Christians. He said, you have come to Mount Zion 
and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Well, the city of Jerusalem in its literal state, geographic boundaries, that's, that's not our ultimate goal or end. That's not where we ought to seek to have our citizenship. That is a physical place on a physical plane of this earth. But rather, we should be looking toward that spiritual Jerusalem, heaven itself, the heavenly city. That's where we ought to be. We ought to desire to spend our eternity. And in prospect, we ought to be a member or a citizen of that particular city already. Look at how the Apostle Paul put it in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, speaking of when, when people become Christians, baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. He says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Wow, so we're citizens when we're Christians, we're true Christians, we're citizens of a heavenly kingdom, even while still on this earth, because heaven is our true citizenship. And that is the reality of becoming inhabitants within that city. That is our ultimate goal in life. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, different letter, Paul wrote this, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Boy, what great, great encouragement that truly is for us as Christians. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Well, coming back to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22 again, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. You can read through different parts of the book of Revelation. You can get a glowing image of the city of heaven. And that's where we ought to count our citizenship as being. Well, but I said, just as Dickens was likening the people of France at that time as living in two cities, and thus the name of his novel, A Tale of Two Cities, living in a reality when it was, as he described it, the best of times and the worst of times, the age of wisdom, the age of foolishness, the epic of belief, the epic of incredulity or unbelief, the season of light, the season of darkness. And he probably could have gone on with the, again, contrasting realities, but those are sufficient. We're living as Christians in the heavenly kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're Christians. We're citizens. Our real citizen, ultimate citizenship is in heaven. But then we're still alive in this world, aren't we? We're still alive in this world. And so there's the other city in which we dwell. In Revelation chapter 17 and verse 5, we read this. Again, very descriptive literature, actually technically called apocalyptic literature. On her forehead, a name was written, 
mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Well, the city of Babylon has, by name, has continued through the ages to be likened to a city of ungodliness, of unrighteousness, of depravity, of immorality, of all kinds. And so where are we in the city of Babylon? In what way can we think of our reality as being not just in the kingdom of heaven as Christians, but also we live in the city of Babylon? Well, as Christians, we have taken up a new citizenship, and that is in heaven, the heavenly kingdom. We're living there in prospect right now, but also in reality. But the ultimate realization of that is in eternity. But while we're still alive in this world, we're living in Babylon as well. A world that is caught up in the muck and the mire, the depravity, the immorality, the ungodliness of sinfulness all around us, all around us. Think about the choices that Lot had when his household and his uncle Abraham's household became so large individually that there was conflict between their servants, their shepherds. They had flocks and herds that were so enormous that it, it would tax the water sources to water them all and the pastures to feed them all. And there became a conflict between the the, the shepherds and the, and the servants of Lot's household and those of Abraham, his uncle's household. And I think we can understand that God was blessing Lot largely through his association with his uncle Abraham, a righteous man, and seeking to please God. Ultimately, Abraham, in his wisdom, confronted Lot, his nephew, and said, look, let there be no conflict between us. Look at the land. View it out for yourself. Whichever way that you think you would like to go and maintain and support your household, I'll go in the opposite direction. The text tells us in Genesis chapter 13 that Lot looked toward the cities of the plain. He saw that they were well watered, so naturally there would be good pasture land. But there was a problem there. Verse, 13, uh, verse 12 of Genesis chapter 13 says that Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom or all the way in the direction of Sodom. Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. Well, Sodom has an equal negative connotation in the minds of humanity as does Babylon, perhaps even worse and so Sodom was a city that was horribly immoral, sexually immoral. We can think ahead some years when God decided to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and those cities around them because of their ungodliness, their horrible, horrible ungodliness, sinfulness, depravity, wickedness, sexual immorality. Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now, Lot lived under the influence for some time of his godly uncle Abraham, but there was still that worldly city over there, Sodom. 
the tale of two cities. As Christians, we live as citizens in the kingdom of heaven, but we still live physically in a world that could be likened to Babylon or Sodom. We'll stop here, come back and pick up next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to recognize the dangers of the sinfulness in which this world is caught up. And also help us to recognize the glory and the bliss, the blessings and the promise of living our lives as faithful, dedicated, true Christians before you, Father. Help us to see the dangers of the one and all of the blessings and the promises of the other. True blessings and true promises. And it should be an easy choice. But the devil is effective and active, and he tries to cloud our vision. Please defeat him in this and help us to see through his, his means and his schemes, we pray. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.